you want to pick a colour? Mystery sound? Let's go Just with green for go. Health and happiness, everybody. Welcome to the Strength and Motion Show, an online experience curated specifically for the members and fans of Strength and Motion Academy. If you haven't heard of our space before, we are a 24-7 gym in Midvale, Western Australia, and our goal is to provide a space where people can build a strong and mobile body using a functional and holistic health approach to training and life. If this is your first time listening to the show, then thank you for tuning in, and I strongly encourage you to get stuck into our first five episodes. These first five are the complete, uh, are a complete deep dive into hashtag the holistic way, which is our four pillar approach to achieving health and fitness mastery. As experienced health and fitness coaches ourselves, we have identified movement, nutrition, sleep, and stress as the four key areas to always prioritize in order to live healthy and happy. You can do so by simply scrolling down to the beginning of this episode list or search the Strength and Motion Show on YouTube and Facebook. Today, we are talking body composition body all right body composition body composition is a change in your muscle and fat levels so all goals relating to fat loss muscle gain lean muscle toning muscle definition losing belly fat are all under the umbrella of body composition now I find this a very interesting topic myself. Uh, really, most people, if not all people, will be happier with a better body composition. The interest, the interesting part for me is that psychological tipping point in which you actually, you actually have to ask yourself, where do you draw that line? What is actually good enough for you? What is a, a look that's good enough for you? And where does that desire come from? Where does that standard come from? So if you don't value body composition, you can end up very unhealthy with a cascade of health issues. But then if you overvalue body composition, then you can become obsessive with things like an eating disorder or a variety of mental health issues, especially around food and your body image. So finding a healthy balance point is really what we want to get you to understand as a um, priority as part of this this episode, but also teaching the nitty gritty and the technical facts of actually how to um, achieve a more uh, desirable body composition as well. So uh, we're hoping to help you find all that today and along with some clear strategies and actions to achieve that. So before we dive into body composition, let's invite Navar into the conversation. Yes. How you doing, Nav? Good. What's I'm doing going great. What's going on outside of body composition? What's going in the latest of Nav's life? Of Nav's life. Uh, so. This is something that's been on my mind a lot recently, uh, but going deep, having children. A lot has been on my mind of having children, you know. I wanna, we want to build the next health, health facility within the next mm. three years, but I also want to start having my first child in three to four. So mm. a lot of my mind is obviously on business because it's a big part of my purpose, but it also sets me up for my future and my children. So yeah. that's what's happening in the life of Nav is pretty much uh, sorting my external life and my internal to have children because I, if I can't look after myself, I can't look after a child. Yeah, that's very um, fair. And I want to give my child the best situation possible are you gonna do like the stepping stone of like get a dog first so you can kind of we will be a, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. yeah we'll get we'll get dog our, our place our dog set up our family home and our family situation and then yeah, nice. have the child come into that and space get the get the pump on 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to make sure the pump's good too. Pump's so good. Yes, health is good. important. Body health composition. Is, yeah. I need some good testosterone. That's exactly right. Yeah, get yeah. Some, get some healthy swimmers. Absolutely. Get yeah. some Iron Men in there. Iron yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially, I want to give my kid the best opportunity. You yeah, know, I, I want to be eating well. I want to be sleeping well. I want to be mm. thinking well. I want to give my child the best genetics possible. Yeah. As we know, we can shift our genetics to a mm. degree, and and Absolutely. so that that's where I'm at, and I and I know this is going to be a long through your journey just to prepare for that. And then I'm going to have a child, which is a lifetime journey. So, Child or children? I want two. Yeah, two. Uh, two. Ideally male than female, like yeah, a, I think a boy than a girl. Yeah. Do you have a preference? Because I've got a client who's pregnant as well. You know her. Yeah. Um, and we had a discussion about, uh, so she's got a boy, but mm. she also would love a daughter as well. Yeah, yeah. But then I was like, well, what would you rather first? Would you mm. rather the sister be the oldest or would you rather the daughter be the oldest? Yeah. So what would you prefer? I prefer the, the the boy because as I was an older brother to my brother mm. and I love that responsibility and I also yeah. like the idea of my daughter having a strong older brother as yeah. a, a good role model and protect her to a degree. Yeah. But I also don't want to put that responsibility on him so he could be whatever he wants. Yeah. To a degree. To a degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You just yeah. can't be a little shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my history most likely will oh, be. Oh, yeah, yeah, I feel the same thing too. Yeah. 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 Look, I resonate with that because uh, having the conversation with my client, I had a very similar thing as well because she mm. asked me, she goes, what would you rather? And I was like, I would definitely rather my – uh, if I had a, a boy and a girl, I'd rather mm. the son be the eldest because mm. then he could also um, be that pillar of strength for her as well. Yeah. In saying that, I've had uh, good mates and like um, through different phases, I've had best mates. They've had an older sister yeah. as being the eldest, yeah. and um, they turned out all right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> turned yeah. Out right. Yeah, but I um, yeah, I do think that as well. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Have you? Um, I, I think I know what dog you you, you want, but yeah. have you put much thought into the dog? We want to get two dogs at the same time. Yeah, there's been many people that advise us not to, but we've met people that have had two dogs from the get go, and yeah. the benefit of having them as friends. So yeah, uh, I want a, a black kelpie because my favorite dog when I was growing up was a black kelpie yep. and then my partner wants uh, OCM wants a border collie and cool. then yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll both be best border so collie was exactly what I was I was I thought it was gonna be two border collies to be honest so yeah I know I, I, I want a black kelpie yeah that's yeah, cool. yeah. I, I has to have an attachment to it because you just got it locked in yeah it was yeah. the most amazing dog it yeah. was such a strong smart dog very mm. compassionate very supportive dog and yeah. um that was a big part of my childhood for sure yeah that makes sense and kelpies and um, border collies work amazingly together as well yeah 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 that yeah. works really well mm. cool nice nav um okay so on to today's hot topic body composition yes what is body composition to you and what is your experience with it awesome so encompassing everything that builds up the body we have your fat your water your bones your muscle your skin and other tissues right all the bits all of the bits everything minerals vitamins and you could track all of that but what we are going to dive into and what we focus on is stuff like muscle and fat and even bone density we could also mm. look into that and hydration but mm -hmm. the main thing that we focus on as coaches is the body composition between the muscle mass mm -hmm. and the fat mass yeah. because we know uh and, and everyone has different heights, different sizes, right? And so someone might be 100 kilos at 15% body fat where someone could be 80 kilos at 30% body fat. Mm. And what is most important is for that individual to achieve the body composition that suits them yeah. uh, and their goals and their lifestyle, but also their health and their yeah. well-being because it is – uh, it is known, it's a fact that holding a higher body fat percentage where you're yeah, absolutely. higher in body fat over muscle mass to a, de 
well, I'm not over, but the relationship between your body fat and your muscle mass is so out of whack that now you hold too much fat, which is going to impact hormones, yeah. um, load onto the body, energy levels, energy levels, libido, yeah. everything. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that, that's what we focus on and what we're going to dive into today. Yeah, great point. And also, just for the record, which probably why most people are listening to this right now, but Fat, body fat, and muscle mass are the two th- two most common things that the public or our customers and our clients. That's what they generally focus on the most Absolutely. as well, and so yeah. um, works both ways with the health and just that general aesthetic as well. So, can you kind of um, maybe just illustrate, just so we can get the, the listeners a bit more clear on visualizing what. Um, Mm. Uh, different body compositions might look like. For example, you might have like a rugby player. Yeah. But then when we think rugby player, we think like kind of big, more muscular, tanky looking guys. Mm. But then within the rugby scene, there's two different types of, of guys where you have like guys that are really athletic and lean and ripped. And mm. then you got guys that are also like big and with big bellies and stuff. So yep. um, do you want to like throw at me or throw at the listeners just a couple of different examples of um, common – common body types or physiques that mm. someone might see on the street so they can understand what we're talking about with body composition. Yeah, yeah. So like you mentioned, it in one of them was the rugby players, and you could have people in more of the frontline defensive line that might have mm. like 20% body fat, so a little bit yeah. higher in the body fat to percentage to someone that might be a, uh, a receiver and a runner that mm. might be uh, around the 12 to 15% because they mm. need to have less weight on their body to be able to sprint and, and perform. Same thing as something like a AFL player. Mm-hmm. That's changed a lot over the years, but now yeah. we've got more tackling. So AFL players tend to have more muscle mass and a little bit stockier, but they also do a lot of running. So they're more leaner yeah. and, and yeah. stringer than a rugby player in most cases. You also have different weight divisions in like fighters. So, so like mm-hmm. you'll have a heavyweight and a lightweight. Yeah. Uh, bodybuilders as well, they tend to be of the leaner end. Their body mm-hmm. composition tends to be 12% sub when they're on stage are like 4%. Yeah. Uh, and then powerlifters, depending on the weight division, but they might be a little bit heavier. Mm-hmm. And then crossfitters. Crossfitters are super lean, mm. but not as lean as a bodybuilder because they're not focusing on the body mm. composition of getting on stage where you can see every single inch of yeah. muscle and no fat. So you can – the definition is – is um so apparent and so obvious. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good point for the uh, the listeners to understand as well is that there's so many different applications of um, – because we pretty much listed off different types of athletes. We haven't even touched on, like, the general population yet. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, athletes are generally where, where most of us gain a lot of inspiration from. We look at them as role models because they're, mm-hmm. they're really the, the peak of the peak and a lot of people aspire to be like that. Mm. And knowing that um, – Athletes can have blowouts as yep. well, and maybe using someone like um, Alex Volkanovsky, for example, has he used to be like a super heavyweight. He was big, thick, and stocky dude. He's, mm. a, he's an Australian UFC fighter. For those who don't know him, but these days he's like super lean and ripped. Mm. And Goggins is another example. Like he was huge, and then he has that's that's what we're talking about. He had a sh- complete shift in his body composition, mm-hmm. and is now a, a lean, ripped dude. Mm. And so these things. Um, these results, they're not exclusive to athletes. It's just more so the athletes are the ones that tend to display those results the most. But so many people have been on a weight loss journey where they've just been 
they've considered themselves as overweight and mm. they have finally got themselves to a point where they have a suitable amount of muscle mass. And so any sort of shift in, in body weight, people getting leaner, that's body composition. Anyone who starts to get more muscular, that's body composition. And even mm. if someone who just cleans their act up with their nutrition, the quality of food, mm. and their skin starts to get cleaner and clearer, the acne goes away, um, people's they just look a bit more vibrant, there's mm. a bit more colour in their complexion as well, mm. that's also a shift in body composition as well. And so yep. that's what we want to illustrate to the listeners is getting to understand that um, body composition is not only a shift in look and aesthetic, there's also a lot of internal things that are happening that are of positive benefit as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So what have I got in my notes here? So um, Josh's helpful responses are just blah, 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 blah. Oh, I also wrote here that I'm passionate about nutrition. Because this is a huge factor. I just had to say it somewhere. I was like, I love nutrition. Food is life, right? Food. When I have this conversation with people and they, they, I don't know, it's weird. I think a lot of people have this perspective that because we're healthy and we look after what we eat, we have this relationship where we kind of look at food as as fuel and it's in a negative sense because they have a negative Mm. bias towards looking at food in that way. And people don't want to go on a diet because they want to enjoy food and they don't see it as one in the same yeah. or the possibility of it being the same. Definitely. And I, I, I know this is for you, but the same for me is we're passionate about nutrition because food, yeah. like food is life. It's not food, that we don't love food. Food we is froth the food. tits. I yeah. say, sorry, pardon me. Food is the best. The boobs. Yeah. The boobs. <laughs> yes. The breasts. Yeah. yeah. Food is the breast, but yeah. f- food isn't. And we will touch uh, a fair bit on, on nutrition because it's actually a fundamental factor of a, a shift in body composition. Absolutely. Um, I don't need to tell that story anyway. I was going to go on a, on story time, but I actually kind of want to get into it. I actually cool. want to keep sharing some um, some knowledge for the listeners. Love it. So we're doing good for time. Nav, yes. let's hit me with like a bit of a breakdown, yeah? Let's start okay. to break down for the listeners again. Help us get a better understanding on body composition. What are the factors that influences? So mm. um, we know that um, there are side effects of poor body composition so yeah. as a as like a health and fitness coach i would uh, describe poor body composition as someone who has uh, fat levels that are too high yeah. they would have muscle mass levels that are too low so the person would feel weak they'd probably feel a bit slow mm. to any degree as well they don't have to be feel like massively weak but they just feel weaker than they'd like to be mm. they'd feel heavier than they'd like to be um and then there's probably their energy levels aren't um ideal as well so Mm -hmm. what would be some of the side effects of you know quote unquote poor body composition yeah absolutely so as you mentioned that's more the fat ratio so if they're holding on to a lot more uh, stored energy on them Mm. they might experience health issues like diabetes or heart disease yeah that's Uh, a common one chronic illnesses, digestion issues, skin issues. Mm-hmm. And all these also are byproducts of the lifestyle, right? Like we look yeah. at diabetes and heart disease. They're normally a result of uh, excess energy and the lack of being able to work with glucose because they're eating so yeah. much of it, which is yeah. sugar. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, same thing as like mood deficiencies, anxiety, depression, ADHD are big factors, mm-hmm. especially if you're having a lot of sugar from a dopamine addictive sort of standpoint, yeah. you have yeah. the dopamine response plus just so much sugar going through the brain and the body and it could create yeah. this hyper 
active sort of tendencies yeah. and lack of ability to focus. And they get a bit numb in some instances too because they're numb to the stimulus because they're so constantly stimulated. It's like well. people that have nine cups of coffee a day and then they have one before bed and like, yeah, I could sleep on coffee. And, yeah. they, and they say it with so much confidence. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's something you should be yeah, confident if you, about. If you actually hooked them up to a machine that measured their yeah. stress levels and what was happening to the nervous system, they'd be in for a rude surprise for sure. Especially if you remove it, right? Yeah, like yeah. if you then take away yeah. the, the factor external to themselves and then go into the internal processes and allow yeah. them to work off of their own system and then mm-hmm. you can't do that normally. yeah um yeah self-confidence being one as well yeah that is that's these are like the psychological and the emotional side of things as yeah. well and it's true like I've, I've noticed um even as my body composition my body shape has changed over time mm-hmm. um even going through like being a stripper and at that i remember i don't know exactly when it was but there was a moment when i was stripping that i asked myself how would I feel if I lost my six pack? And I, mm. I really had a bit of an internal panic moment where I just considered that reality. I'm like, I'd be no one without my six pack. Mm. And it re- like, I realized like how attached to it I was. Like yeah. I was unhealthily attached to it. Cause I'm like, I didn't know if I'd still be the same valuable me if I just had a belly. I'm like, mm. what would it be like with a belly? Mm. And then I also thought I was like, I don't really plan on having a belly anytime soon. <laughs> Cause I don't just, I don't like being that unhealthy to get to the belly. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I had a lot of attachment to that. Mm. Um, anything else now in terms of risks of poor body composition? Poor energy, lethargic, uh, being lethargic. Yes. I think also poor energy. For me, that comes, what comes up is also a lack of passion and charisma. Mm. Like you, you're so, low in yourself and kind of heavy and mm. uh, and I see this with a lot of people that have a lot of sugar or are of a unhealthy body composition for themselves right yeah yeah and they're lacking that passion and charisma and courage to mm. express themselves and be themselves they go a little bit yeah. more inward and become more introverted I've even seen that with many clients that have change their body composition and their personality changes. Yeah. Their energy is changing, their yeah, passion, absolutely. their charisma, their exp- ability to express themselves, yeah. which goes in hand in hand with self-confidence. They, f- they feed each other. Exactly. They which is why what we do what we do, right? Like it's, yeah. it's the best ROI, return of investment. Yeah, absolutely. Put a little bit of time into nutrition, your sleep, yeah. your, your stress and your movement yeah. and happy days. And continue to do that as well. Yeah. I think that's a thing that people um, people forget to do. I've, I've had this... Um, this conversation over the last couple of months, just a handful of times with my clients where I'm noticing that they had the intention of like, they would, they would be aiming to get so fit or get so healthy Mm. so that they can just eat heaps of junk food and get Mm. away with it. And they, they want to be like, I want to be so healthy that when I have a massive bender on the weekend, it doesn't affect me as much. But Mm. I'm like, that's not the point. The point is that you transition your lifestyle into these these healthy habits that you do now mm. you do these habits so that they're better they you fall in love more th- with you fall in love with these habits more mm. than the current habits you're doing it's yeah, like yeah. you're not trying to be rich so you can spend heaps of money the yeah. reason you're going to get rich is because you enjoy saving money and yeah. putting it to good use yeah. you get fit because you enjoy doing fit things mm-hmm. and you do you enjoy unhealthy things less which includes the food and the binging and the sugar mm-hmm. and all of these things that um, people are addicted to it actually makes me think what you're sharing now makes me think about um, the way to be comfortable is to actually accept the discomfort. It's not chasing yeah. comfort because yeah. you're constantly chasing. Hormozy well, mentioned this that when he had so much anxiety, he was chasing joy and happiness because he thought that was yeah. the way of yeah. being happy is yeah. be happy. But that is a trap, you know. And yeah. it's, it's not necessarily 
chasing that is actually accepting the discomfort and moving into it. And yes, and yeah. a lot of that is battling our own laziness and our own consumerism and our own yeah. addictions. And yeah, yeah. And weirdly enough, it might seem like it's counterintuitive because you're moving into the discomfort, but in fact, that's what brings well, you comfort. It's a good point. I'm just going to write. I'll have to do a quick Google in the background of this, but there is actually a book that I've read by Dr. Anna uh, Lem Lemke with a B in there. I'll figure out what it is, but it's. Lemke. Yeah, Lemke. It's like Dopamine Nation or something. It's, it's related mm. to dopamine. I've listened to the audio book a few times because I, I have um, I get very addictive tendencies as well when I was like, I need to figure this shit out. But mm. what she was explaining is that the body is bio... Well, we know this now, but the body is biochemically designed mm. to maintain stability mm. or to auto-stabilize. Mm. So what she's saying is that if you pursue a dopamine rush or a dopamine hit, which is a, uh, a positive... Uh, emotion, which is fed by a positive uh, hormone or a positive neurotransmitter. When you chase those positive highs and chase that positive biochemistry, mm. in order for the body to balance itself, it actually has to release more of the quote-unquote negative mm. um, feelings slash neurotransmitters and hormones to make you feel more balanced again. Mm. So every time you, p you pursue pleasure, your body will biochemically rebalance mm. with negative. Yep. But if you pursue the negative, such as like um, a training session, and she used ice baths a lot because mm. that was uh, people that are highly addictive um, – prone to being highly addicted to things, they just love ice baths. It's a very similar rush yeah. as what you get from like a line of cocaine or something. Mm -hmm. And so um, pursuing that psychological challenge of the training session or the fasting or whatever the protocol, the ice bath, whatever, mm -hmm. Because that was so challenging, mm -hmm. the dopamine hit is higher than what the drugs would have given them, and it lasts even longer. And mm -hmm. so what she, a big part of what she says, there's a lot in the book, but a big part of what she talks about is to pursue more challenge and to mm -hmm. pursue more things that you initially see as negative because mm -hmm. that allows your body to recalibrate itself with the positive. And you always you finish on a high, effective, what she's mm -hmm. saying. And so mm -hmm. um, that's a really interesting thing. It's, it's a dopamine something. I'll, we'll put it in the recommended resources of this episode. Um, now I've lost where I am in our show notes. Oh, here we go. Nav. Yes. How would someone measure their body composition? And how? Uh, also, cool. how does someone even know what even is a good body composition? Well? Uh, okay, yeah, good question. So let's go with uh, how would someone know what a good body composition is? Yep. Um, one thing that comes to mind is going to the greatest links that I think you could ever do that with is if you were to see a professional that can work with your body and yep. what is healthy and reliable for you and your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But as a baseline, you could go online and you could look at different uh, body fat, body compositions um, and gain some understanding of for a male, what body mm -hmm. fat percentage is healthy for you. Mm -hmm. And then for a female, vice versa of your body type. So yep. put a little bit of energy into that. Um, but then obviously uh, seek professional help. You know, like, yes. yep. I know we go keep going back to that, but in all honesty, I think it's a, uh, it's an investment that would pay off far more than if you don't. Absolutely. Because yep. we, we know this because we've done trial and error with ourselves. We put a lot of that energy in, uh, and we've also seeked help. We paid professionals, mm. we've seeked help. So I think that's the first one is, is do that. The other simplest way is just look at yourself in the mirror or play around with your clothes using the scale as well. Mm. So look at how your clothes uh, look in the mirror and then also how you feel in those clothes. So you might mm -hmm. be able to tell whether you're losing weight around your arms, depending on the tightness mm -hmm. of the arm. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to change your body composition to gain muscle mass, then obviously you might want tighter 
arms, you know, like yeah, yeah, basic yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. But then you might want your belt to go lower at the same time because now yeah. we're noticing that maybe your shoulders and your arms are becoming wider and bigger, but your mm. waist is becoming smaller, which is normally a pretty good sign of body composition shift, mm-hmm. gaining muscle mass while losing weight at the same time, Yeah, which is what we want. Um, uh, you also mentioned here, which is really good, is looking at and being aware of your internal dialogue and mental health when yeah. you're looking at the scales and when you're looking in the mirror mm-hmm. and when you're looking at yourself in clothes. Yeah. Because as you mentioned, you don't want to get addicted to that process of trying to look a certain way. Yeah. And then that could also create comparison of others. You might get so yeah. addicted to trying to look a certain way that you're detaching yourself from the reality of yeah. where you're currently at, accepting your growth, mm-hmm. accepting mm-hmm. yourself now um, while also progressing at the same time. So yeah, absolutely. Um, other ones like with the with the professional body measurements and skin folds, you could use skin calipers mm-hmm. or get a body scan and you could do like a standing yeah. in body or evolt sort of scan. Mm-hmm. Or the best way ever is a DEXA scan. DEXA scans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Top of the top. Top of the top. And that you can yeah. find out everything about your body composition from a yeah. DEXA scan. Yeah. So ideally, DEXA scan, see a professional. So you could go over the DEXA scan and then get an understanding of what's healthy for you mm-hmm. and what you need to do to achieve mm-hmm. that goal. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. And for the record, we used to have at our gym, we used to have like a, a quarterly, so f- like three to four times a year, DEXA scan would come in. And that's a great amount of time. That's more than enough um, mm. scanning as well. I actually, and if we do get a, uh, a scanner at maybe at some point in time, um, the, the monthly scan is like the dream yeah. for me. And I think is also for someone who's training regularly and exercising regularly, which you all should be doing, yeah. is um, yeah that monthly that monthly check in because that just keeps you like right on the right on the ball, knowing mm. what's happening as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. Let's um, let's go for a little bit of a pause. We'll do Beautiful. mystery sound number two. Uh, I'm yeah, gonna send its volume up, so oh, <laughs> I keep messing it. right to the top. All right, oh, is that too loud? Maybe though. Yeah, I'm gonna go with orange, and then we're also gonna do our little camera change. Okay. Three, two, one. I fucking. Oh, yeah, I kind of don't the same it, now, but I yeah. Okay, we'll just leave this in the background. This this will get cropped, but let's um, we'll pause. See see you in a momento. Momento. In a momento. Ooh. Oh. Okay, so mystery sound number three. We did that one, eh? Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> mystery sound number three. Bumbaclad. What did I say? Bumbaclad. 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 I've heard of this word. I think it's. I think it's Jamaican. Bumbaclad. I don't know what the fuck I'm Googling right now. But we'll have that going on in the background and see if Bumbaclut comes up. Welcome back to the next section, everybody. Body Bumbaclut. We're doing the Bumbaclut, the body composition checklist. So we're back. Let's get back into the body composition checklist, everybody, which is literally these are the things, these are the dot points or the things you got to tick off to make sure that you're aware of these or you're doing these or you're covering these things. This is the this is your to-do list. So we're going to dive into the do's and don'ts of body composition. As many people listening will have very varying goals around muscle gain or fat loss or something around health and well-being. So the first handful of points that we cover will satisfy all of those 
goals because they're related to making a human healthy and optimal and because humans healthy and optimal then all of these goals are then able to be achieved and we'll then add some more specific notes for the more common goals of muscle gain and weight loss etc etc so going into it the stuff that's going to help everyone uh nav can you start throwing some things uh, maybe not me throw it at the audience okay um hit them with it kindly kindly pass on the knowledge what are some of the big killers Mm. of body composition yeah so the biggest one is the overconsumption of energy of Bamba class. It's the overconsumption of, of food and living a sedentary lifestyle. Yes. To me, that means chasing that comfort through acts of laying on the couch, napping, mm. um, watching TV, watching movies, yeah. eating lots of food. Maltesers, yeah, Oreos. KFC, Tim Red Tams. Rooster, all yeah. that stuff, right? It's yeah. like living that lifestyle where you're chasing the comfort through behaviors like being lazy, being yeah. greedy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I use these words uh, generalizing, but the reality is it comes down to that. It's your relationship with yourself, mm. chasing comfort yeah. and having a level of greed with what you're consuming. And then uh, also being lazy, having a sedentary lifestyle. Yeah, That is probably the main driver, um, yes. which then falls into stuff like a lack of hydration. Yes. Um, so that impacts our metabolism, stiffness and appetite and mm. general health as we know, we're 65, 70% water. Yeah. Um, so lack of that will impact all that. Same thing as um, digestion and um, distributing nutrients throughout the body. Yeah, shout out to Eliza Headley for making our, our nutritionist friend, for making us really aware of how important hydration is. So hydration is has been bumped up the list of things to prioritize when it comes to being healthy. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. 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 What else? Uh, Lol, I'm going to be talking about this one. Lack of sleep. <laughs> says the guy who Pass didn't sleep. <laughs> says the guy who didn't sleep last night. True. Um, lack of sleep. So restricted sleep is uh, is linked to many metabolic disorders. Metabolic is to re- is around the digestion and the body and the energy production of things, um, which includes like weight gain and obesity. So it also influences uh, our gut health, which then leads to health disorders such as inflammation, bloating, food sensitivities as well poor sleep also affects the metabolism and the hormones including the balance between leptin and ghrelin which are not things we're going to go delve too deeply into because you don't need to remember what leptin and ghrelin are but they are i'm making sure i'm reading my notes so i get this right they're two hormones which affect your appetite leptin decreases and uh, ghrelin increases your appetite so more ghrelin in the system makes you hungrier but basically when you i have i have to look this up again because i didn't write it in the notes but when you are underslept your body will underproduce and overproduce your leptin and ghrelin in in just in amounts that i can't again i can't remember if it makes you more hungrier or if it makes you um less hungry so that you don't eat at all and your metabolism not doing anything but either way heavily affects the function there you don't have to have know that you don't need to know the fine the fine print just don't do it sleep heaps minimum seven hours unless you're josh (laughs) <laughs> what else nav uh stress is the next one 
Yeah. Uh, so your body, when it moves into fight or flight state, yes. um, so your sympathetic nervous system is, is your fight or flight and mm -hmm. then your parasympathetic is rest and digest. Obviously, the listeners should know that because they've listened to episode three, Stress. Yes, I don't really need to say anything else. I no, if I dive into it, uh, uh, obviously rest and digest impacts your digestion, your immune system, mm -hmm. uh, and then being stressed is going to impact that in a negative sense. Um, you're not going to be able to digest as well, um, burn uh, fat as well, and also hold on to muscle because we yeah. want to go into a catabolic state, which is breaking down a muscle, which is the stress state when we're using those muscles and that energy. But we also want to have a balance of being in an anabolic state where it's building, yes. it's recovering, all the nutrients and hydration, everything's going back to the muscles that are being torn and broken down during movement and exercise. So mm. stress is really important to have a, a good balance uh, to allow body composition. Yes. Not just losing heaps of weight where you lose muscle and fat, mm. but maintaining a level of action, so mm -hmm. positive stress, and then yeah. also reducing negative stress and... Uh, being in an anabolic state to recover. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, very, very well said. I'm just trying to double check my quote and make sure that I got, I quoted the right episode. If it actually was episode three, maybe oh, it's episode okay. four, but I will, I will quote that in the background. Yeah. Another one is inconsistent sleep. No, I'm kidding. Inconsistent eating times, or just sorry, inconsistent eating in general. And inconsistent eating is usually a reflection of reactive eating as opposed to proactive eating. And in our nutrition segments, we always talk about uh, as a habit, as a mental focus, being proactive is like the most important thing when it comes to uh, your psychological view on food and nutrition. Because if you allow yourself to be reactive, then um, you're, you're going to be eating food that's probably not as well planned because you haven't planned it at all, which means you're more likely to either be in a really hungry state where you're going to crave more sugar, you might eat more than you need to because you're extra hungry, or you might be on the road and having to buy something or go for something fast food, or I can't be fucked, I'm tired, I'm going to order takeout or Uber Eats or whatever. It's when you start to really be proactive around your food that then your consistent your consistency of your food improves, such as your eating times and your eating amounts and your eating uh, the types of foods that you're eating, like the quality. And so as long as you focus on being proactive rather than reactive, then the inconsistent eating times, the inconsistent eating amounts and the, the types of food that you're consuming, they will all start to um, improve and you will feel better and you'll see a better result in the scales slash the body scan slash the, the mirror, whatever your thing that you're doing to measure your progress. So inconsistent eating is a big factor. Over to Nav. What else we got? Alcohol. Alcohol. Yeah, which we're already aware of. Um, but cool. if you want to gain more information on it, if, if you follow us on, yeah, if you follow us in our SMA members Facebook group, yes. that will see Eliza and you talk about poison in that um, group as well. Yes. Um, so yeah. then people could gain more awareness surrounding the effects of alcohol. But mm -hmm. in short, it's a it's a poison. It's a toxin on the body. Yes. Uh, and the body has to digest and, and break down and remove that toxin and poison before anything else. Because um, obviously poison's not good to the body. So that can no. impact things like fat burning um, yes. and inhibit muscle gain, not only through that process and not digesting or moving nutrients correctly of mm -hmm. food that's in the body while you're digesting alcohol yeah. um, or also it's impact on the gut but definitely um, or where was it or also your hormones like it impacts hormones yeah. to the point that can impact testosterone and muscle gain yeah. through those yeah. pathways as well as calories 
Yes, absolutely. It's, it's extra sugar, uh, extra calories, extra energy calories, in the body. Yep. If, even if it's just the alcohol itself, but then if you're having sugary drinks on top of that, like mm-hmm. cream mixes and what have you, that's that's extra calories in those drinks, and uh, we don't want that. Absolutely not. And also, there is a um, with alcohol consumption is your likelihood of buying a kebab at three in the morning. <laughs> it's very <laughs> high. Very high. Three hundred and seventy percent. Yeah, is where you're more likely to get a kebab in the middle of the night or the middle of the morning. So yeah, definitely yeah. don't do that on the alcohol. I can proudly say I haven't been drunk in since 2016. Mm. I'll get drunk this year though. When I go on my Bucks holiday, not for me, but when I, <laughs> I didn't know you're getting married. Yeah, I'm not getting. I'm not getting married. Maybe I am. I'm getting married. Yeah, because I have kids before you. I'm going to have a son. Oh shit! Older and then a daughter, and I'm going to get a border collie and a black kelpie. As yeah, well. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so definitely try and um, avoid getting kebabs at three in the morning, but managing your alcohol at the bare minimum, guys manage the alcohol and then dealing with that is also sugar mm-hmm. and these tend to come hand in hand as well like they can commonly be uh swapped out or, or consumed together so some people when they're trying to get off the wines at night or the beers at night they tend to snack on a few more sugary things as well and commonly not as commonly but they get um when you're trying to get off the sugar then the alcohol creeps in as well but the thing about sugar is that a lot of alcoholic drinks are full of sugar as well as a lot of delicious delicious soft drinks that many people love as well as just your general packet food that usually all have sugar in them added to some degree even things like what's the lolly brand the all natural confectionery company or something it's just still fucking Mm. sugar yeah like, yeah. I remember when I was a kid and I was like, healthy lollies, let's all buy the all-natural confectionery because it said the word natural. Mm. But it's still just sugar. There's so still like just lollies. Powerade is still sugar. <laughs> Powerade is still sugar. Powerade is delicious sugar water. Yeah, and yeah. yeah it's not ideal. So, um, again, although sugar is uh, quite helpful around uh, sports, training, and nutrition, especially me, uh, when I do my ultramarathon racing, I actually drink maple syrup straight out the bottle, and I also mix it in with water, and, and, I, and, I, and I sip on that water as well. And I really, really notice, uh, and I'm actually – feeling it quite a lot lately i've been um going to the shops and buying dark chocolate again because because I'm, mm. I'm a naughty boy but just because i'm like i know that i'm going to get my sugar cravings and mm. I'm, I'm i'm allowing myself to have those sugar cravings lately mm. um which i am really excited to go on my 50 hour fast and my gut health protocol in three to four weeks actually mm. after my last ultra so then i can um get the body to not be so addicted to sugars because even though, even as a health and fitness coach and a dude that is on this podcast preaching getting off the sugar, as someone who invites sugar into their diet as a result of their training plans, it's I still struggle with it as well. I don't ha- have like I haven't had soft drink in years. I don't like soft drink. Mm. Um, alcoholic ginger beer, you probably could, you probably could because I've had. Although I haven't been drunk, I've had a few sips here and there and a couple of bevies, but um, I really notice myself how much how hard it is to navigate sugar. So someone of where I'm at, it must be even harder for people that are not health and fitness coaches and don't um, have a lot of health and fitness momentum going for them already. So mm. sugar's a challenge. What else, Nav? Last one is the large amounts of gluten or dairy, but yes. also the amount of gluten or dairy that you can hold and maintain um, for you. Mm-hmm. 
However, I would definitely recommend going on an, on a elimination yep. and then bring them back in. So eliminate them for at least 12 months, uh, 12 months, 12 weeks, yep. and then bring one back at a time in small amounts to yep. gain uh, awareness around uh, your body and your yeah. lifestyle and how much yeah. it impacts you. Uh, because things like gluten and dairy could create inflammation, which can impact stuff like digestion and your metabolic function. Um, lactose is a sugar as well. Mm -hmm. So then we want to be mindful of sugar. Yeah. Um, and then how inflammation or how your mood and your mindset impacts your ability to actually mm. show up within your life, right? Like, yeah, we want to create more proactivity within your life to be able mm -hmm. to exercise intentionally, to be able to have the mental willpower to deal with stresses of life to then still go for your meal prep instead of grabbing KOC. And yeah. this is where inflammation is big for me. It's not necessary because gluten, eliminating gluten and dairy is going to impact my body composition directly, but what it will directly impact is my mood and my energy, my performance, which then yeah. will impact my body comp. So yeah. I think there's a lot of conversation surrounding energy in versus energy out, which is true. Mm -hmm. However, also how can we impact your mindset and your well-being to the yeah. point that you're energized, you're charismatic, you feel good, so then you're going to eat well, you're going to train well, you're going to sleep well, you know, and this is where mm -hmm. I think dairy and gluten really impacts people that they're unaware of. They don't really Absolutely. think too much about that Absolutely. within their life. Yeah, and I resonate wholeheartedly. I used to be one of those people that I was like, gluten doesn't affect me. When people say that, they're like, oh, I can't eat gluten. In my head, I'd be like, yeah, you fucking pussy. Mm. Can't handle the gluten. But then I did it myself. Mm. I cut the gluten out and then reintroduced it. And I was uh, humbly made aware that gluten, my did, my body didn't love gluten, nor mm. did it love dairy. So mm. um, that was a really fascinating experience to um delve with and also feeling what it felt like to reintroduce and feeling the effects of inflammation like happen really rapidly from going from not being hugely inflamed to just like smashing a bowl of yogurt or something mm. and then being like oh i fucking need to do a runny poo now and my head yeah, whoever wants to feel like that as well right whoever wants to yeah, feel bloated no. like they're going to crap themselves if they fart yeah you know yeah. what i mean or, or when they go to the toilet they don't feel like they're fully released yeah like they feel slightly constipated or bloated yeah that's not a good feeling and that's going to impact your self-confidence, your actions, your performance mm -hmm. in the gym. Um, so yeah, look at ways that you can set up your well-being and your energy so you mm -hmm. can succeed as well. Yeah, yeah definitely. I really, um, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot, Nav. So we've just covered some of the uh, some of the, you know killers of body composition. Just re quickly recap that we talked about overconsumption of energy in with not enough exerting themselves to, which is the sedentary lifestyle. Um, we've got a lack of hydration. We've got a lack of sleep. We've got uh, an imbalance of stress, too much negative stress, not enough positive stress, inconsistent eating, which includes the times and the amounts and the types of food that we're having. Then we've got alcohol, sugar, and then large amounts of gluten and dairy, especially milk. So what about some of the actual body composition essentials as far as like, what are things that we want to focus down on, Nav? What would be the probably cool. the... Hit us with something. Yeah. Hydration. Water. Hydration. Yeah, right. Like it's there. super easy. You know, it like is. we want to drink water because it impacts, um, it's a non-negotiable because it impacts uh, the it impacts the body in many ways, you know, like hydration of the muscles, the joints, uh, even yeah. the, the brain and our ability to focus and think clearly is also impacted yeah. by hydration, digestion, our gut health, our um, what's the acidity within the body. All yes. these things are packed yep. by water and, and it's such, such an easy product to get in. Yeah, it's not 
it's just you just fucking pick up something full of water and drink it. That's mm. that's what I wrote in in the notes about the work to impact ratio. Like it take it takes fucking two seconds to drink some water, mm. but the positive impact on the body is like second to none. It's a really huge yeah. um, impact. Same as same as sleep, which is the next point. Sleeping like <laughs> I wrote sleep heaps good. I like that. <laughs> sleep heaps good, everyone. But healthy sleep is essential. Just in the same way as hydration is really easy to do, sleeping should be really, really easy to do. You just eventually close your eyes and be patient and eventually you're off. And seven hours is the minimum per day. That is the non-negotiable according Mm. to, let's go with, let's quote Dr. Ian Dunnikin, the guy who we did our sleep seminar with. And um, yeah, he really showed us some of the stats about um, seven hours being the bare minimum, even until the day you die. So Mm. I say that a lot these days. So um, remaining hydrated and then just, Minimum seven. And so that's seven hours of being asleep, just so you know. Mm. Not seven hours of like, oh, I was in bed for seven hours. Mm. It's like you, you have to factor in the fact that it will take you a few moments to go to sleep. Excuse me. And also there's times where you are um, still asleep but restless in bed or you might mm. actually wake up mm. to go to the toilet or you might just wake up anyway. And so those windows where you are um, starting to move around or wake up, those actually subtract from your total sleep time. So really seven and a half hours minimum oh, – sorry, seven hours minimum is becoming seven and a half hours, which means you might as well be slithering to bed eight, within eight yeah. hours. Yeah, yeah. Or even give yourself a nine hours. I love – I love when I set my alarm and it tells me it's like you've got this long before your alarm goes off. Mm. I love seeing eight hours and something. I'm yeah, like, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's go. Let's mm. wake up fresh as. I really get excited for that. Yeah. Um, what else, Nav? Proactive nutrition. Yes. Um, so proactively uh, gain awareness surrounding how much energy you put out, how much energy you got to have in. So that could either be to the point of tracking and calories and tracking the quantity of food yep. that way. Yep. Or it could be through portion control. And it could be, okay, you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day. How much protein, carbs, and fats in regards to portion size when you have each meal? And then how many snacks do you have a day? Do you have a protein shake and some nuts? Or mm-hmm. So gain awareness surrounding how much food you eat mm-hmm. and how that impacts your performance, your goals, and your lifestyle. And then make sure that you're preparing yourself for success. You meal prep mm. or get a meal prep service so someone cooks yep. for you. Um, shopping lists and making sure you're going to the shops consistently yeah. and, and have a, a specific grocery list and don't purchase things that you know are going to blow you out and you're going to become addicted to and overconsume. Mm-hmm. Um, try and maybe stick to going to the shops once or only twice a week and order for the whole entire week instead yeah. of these lots of quick runs to the shots when you're hungry and then you're purchasing lots of unnecessary stuff. Um, and other things that you have here is like homebrew coffee, um, which is to remove the enticing foods and snacks that you get at a cafe. Or yeah. Um, yeah. So if you're used to going to a cafe and getting a coffee, are you looking at maybe getting a, a brekkie wrap or a, a muffin or something like that as well? Yeah. So um, removing that sort of aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's next? Um, sticking to a schedule. Yeah, which is very similar to what I've just talked about as well. It's just like create uh, an eating routine and it's really being proactive about your whole day. And that means your nutrition is a factor of that. But then everything else that you're doing so that you're setting yourself up for success, which includes like having a think about what time is going to be the most suitable time for you to exercise, what's going to be the most suitable time in your 
usually your weekend to meal prep, what's going to be your most suitable budget, what's going to be your most suitable everything so that you can pretty much focus on what's important, whether it's your relationships, your career, your family, your kids, whatever it is. Those are the things that are important to you. And as your health is just as important to you, you need to find ways to actually, I guess, create a system or a procedure that you follow that, a routine, to make it easier for you to hit those targets so you can focus on these things as well because relationships and career and life, they, they're the things that we tend to focus the most on but our health is the thing that always, always escapes us and then that actually inhibits us from then flourishing and being nourished in these other areas that we really want to focus on. So um, sticking to a schedule and find something that is easy to stick with and something that you genuinely, genuinely enjoy. Mm. Yeah, and on that as well, the next one is prioritizing protein. That's an easy thing you can set within your schedule mm. that will make a big difference because there's only two ways to impact protein synthesis. One is through training and exercise, mm. uh, and then the other one is through protein itself, is eating protein. What that is, protein synthesis, is the building and repairing of tissue. Yeah. And that's not just your muscle, but also your, your fascia, um, your skin, mm -hmm. all, uh, your nails and all of these, right? And so we want to make sure we're providing the body with enough protein yeah. for that that uh, impact within the body. Mm -hmm. And then also uh, the more muscle mass we have is going to increase our testosterone, our metabolism, mm -hmm. and then it's going to impact our uh, fat burning process. If we have higher muscle, more metabolism, then we're mm -hmm. probably going to most likely run at a um, higher rate and yeah. lose more fat within the body as well so mm -hmm. prioritizing protein is really good because most most of the time people have a out of whack balance with their macros where they're eating so much carbs and fats mm -hmm. but little protein and so yeah. a little thing of flipping that on its head will reduce a lot of the overconsumption of sugar uh, a processed food and you're going to get more whole food protein within your diet mm -hmm. uh, and and that in itself is an easy way to improve your nutrition yeah absolutely and and very similar our next point is choosing whole foods over packet foods mm. obviously you will find yourself um, buying packet foods even if you bumped bumped into me at the shops i'd still have some packet foods in there but it's more about minimizing and trying to maximize, sorry, minimize the pack of foods and choose your whole foods, like your proteins, your vegetables, your meats, your eggs, your fish is still meat as well. But all those natural, natural things that are pretty much recognizable by our ancestors, as opposed to things in packets and boxes and stuff. The, the reason why I find things in packets is um, even a loaf of sourdough bread, which is a man-made thing that I'll, I'll probably still find myself have, or even my muesli bars and my protein bars, they still come in packets and there's still things that you end up getting. And I still get it um, like at the moment just having a block of dark chocolate, I'll still end up having those things, but it's about finding a way to manage those. And ideally, I don't buy chocolate at all, um, but the um, the focus is on actually just as much as you can, 80-20 rule for now is just whole foods over packet foods. Beautiful. Uh, and with that, the next one is food awareness. Mm -hmm. This is where my argument is towards using something like my fitness pal or something like the SMA app is because with a lack of awareness of what you're actually consuming or what is there to be consumed, uh, you, you might make the wrong choice. 
right? Yeah. Like, how do you know if you're making the right or wrong choice for yourself? Yeah, and doing something like MyFitnessPal, where you'll look at the caloric value or the macronutrient value of specific food, like how much protein and fat is in an egg, um, how many carbs are within mm. a an, an apple, you know? Mm. And a lot of people might not have that awareness and something simple like using MyFitnessPal, the SMA app, yeah. you can capture that uh, data. You could gain yeah. more awareness surrounding what you're eating and how that impacts you. Mm. Uh, and I think that's invaluable and it's it's yeah. super easy to do. Yeah, absolutely. And on the topic of awareness, yes, really yes. the big umbrella term is self-awareness. Mm. And look, self-awareness is broad. We end up talking about self-awareness on every single episode. But the truth is self-awareness is fundamentally a, a, like a key to su- success in life. It's a, a really fundamental point of like, living happy is to be aware of you, what your desires are, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, what foods you do and don't like, how things um, affect you, what affects you, what doesn't. It goes really, really deep. But on 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 the topic of food and nutrition, it's knowing what are your weaknesses and knowing what when are you more likely to make bad decisions and when are you more likely to make good decisions and when you understand that about yourself you can create you can take better actions on how to um, prevent yourself from putting yourself in a state where you are about to binge and so for example is like if someone's binging on chocolate try and get them to not buy the chocolate or get them to a state where they can they can substitute first before they eliminate it's like finding a strategy that works for you but ultimately you're continually making those changes become that better version of yourself and self-awareness um covers all of that do you have anything to share about like would you be willing to share some of your weaknesses? Yeah, yeah, we can smash through it quickly. I think we're coming low on time. Yeah, we've got about two minutes before the camera drops out. <laughs> should we Should we move on? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Nav doesn't want to share his weaknesses. And I, don't <laughs> <laughs> I have none. He's got none. There we go. Pass, That's pass, it. pass. That's you it. But it is, it is a good point. We'd just be talking about ourselves for a bit. But mm. um, maybe you can ch- jump on Josh's youtube channel when he talks more vulnerably about his challenges and then i'll I'll, maybe i'll do a video on like what are my food weaknesses that you can watch that Mm. um let's have a quick pause we will move on to our next training uh, sorry our next topic of training for body composition improvement and then we'll be tailing off for our um mystery items at the end of the podcast see you soon also bumba I just Googled Bumberclot and uh, it apparently means it's Jamaican slang equivalent to douchebag or motherfucker. Oh, there you go. So That wasn't directed at any of you guys. Yeah, you're all a bunch of... (laughs) Bumberclot. There we go. All right, see you soon, everyone. We're back, everyone. We're back, everyone. So... We've just covered uh, a few things about what we need to be focusing on for your self-awareness, your body composition essentials, remaining hydrated, sleep heaps, good proactive nutrition, et cetera, et cetera, the killers of body composition. We're going to touch base on some of the things that you can focus your training around, and then we're going to go into mystery items and all those other fun things. So looking into training styles, many people were wondering how to optimize their training for body composition. So Nav, what is like you know, I don't like this question, but what is the best body composition? What is the best training for body composition, such as fat loss and muscle gain? And obviously someone on a weight loss plan will train very differently to someone looking for strength or muscle gain. But Mm. um, what information can we provide the audience so that they can uh, lean their training into a more um, 
deliberate or intentional way of helping um, mm. seduce the fat off their body if they wanted to. <laughs> well, movement in general, right? Like movement in general, but then the specifics to what you want to achieve uh, then determines the movement that you do. You know, yeah. so like we want to make sure there's resistance training for muscle mass. So there definitely has to be a level of intentional resistance training or movement that are going to impact. Although we can't, let's say, choose to lose fat on our quad, we also need to move our quads to then stimulate the muscle mass. So then that's going to shift the look of the quad. Like yeah. training that specific area is definitely going to matter. So I think it also is really dependent on the person's goals, how they want to look mm-hmm. and how they want to move, whether they want to move for a sport, uh, whether it's yes. just moving for their everyday life. So if you do a lot of walking upstairs and that's important to you, a lot of movements are going to improve you walking upstairs, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, but it, it really just comes down to movement, prioritizing, feeling good in your body. Uh, so being able to sit upright or stand or sleep comfortably, I think that's a primary foundation because that's living. So mm-hmm. exercise that helps us live comfortably and strong. Yeah. And then if you want to progress into something like the actual composition, how your body looks, then you could isolate specific muscle groups and movements to improve that. Yeah. Or if you do a sport, uh, train in those movement patterns that will benefit your sport. Yeah. Definitely. I think that's really um, important to point out. And the reason we don't have to put a huge amount of emphasis on the training style is that the nutrition and the sleep and the stress management are going to be the more impactful things here as long as the training itself is inclusive of some sort of muscle uh, slash strength building um, uh, protocol, I guess, which in all all resistance forms of training is going to stimulate that. Obviously, some... Some modalities and forms have more cardiovascular involved. And so people are like, hey, I need to do more cardio to burn more fat. Yes, that's kind of true, but it's also not as true as people think. It's not that cardio burns fat. Definitely a healthier cardiovascular system from doing some sort of sport or outdoor exercise or swimming, running, cycling, jogging, whatever it is, those things actually do help the body um, improve its cardiovascular system and therefore the cardiovascular system working better does aid in the fat loss and the muscle building because the cardiovascular system really does deliver the oxygen and the nutrients to those working muscles, which is vital in terms of function. But it is more about moving well. It's more about moving well, being strong, being healthy, and just making sure that um, you're doing things in the name of nourishment for the body. You never really want to punish the body because that's also like, in a way, reverse psychology for um, uh, for your body composition goals. The one thing I wanted to point out was that as far as toning goes, toning is a common um, word that people say to us, they mm. share with us with their goals. I want people to be aware of is that toning is actually muscle building. So when people say toning, what they tend to be talking about is like they want to be they want to be uh, lean or skinny but whilst also having that muscle definition. Whereas that is actually building muscle. In order to um, have the muscle definition, you actually have to build muscle and then when you eat healthier, and you're allowing your body fat levels to drop, then you're able to then start to see that muscle stand out more. But people get very, very caught up from the bodybuilding area of like trying to do uh, bulks and cuts and then you do like a dirty bulk or a clean bulk and basically that's like trying to put on size by like smashing food in and you do that with healthy food or non-healthy food. But the truth is you're just trying to flood the body full of things where in actual fact you need to be prioritizing 
training the muscles and building strength and through any sort of movement protocol is going to help facilitate that so again as a reminder you need to have some sort of muscle building aspect but then everything from there is mostly your diet and your nutrition management and your sleep and your habit management so Anything to add on to that before we move on to mystery items? That's perfect. Cool. So I'll just do a quick, quick recap just to tie everything off here before we go into mystery items. So um, what you want to do ASAP is you want to review the the killers of body composition and make sure you're on top of all of these habits and rules. So in order, they are lack of hydration, lack of sleep, stress management, inconsistent eating, alcohol, sugar, and large amounts of gluten slash dairy. They're the things that you want to make sure that you are all over. Make usually either managing these better things like sleep and hydration, or and stress as well, or getting on top of your inconsistent eating or your reactiveness to your food or your alcohol and sugar. Then you want to get set the goal of mastering or integrating the following habits or rules into your life. So remaining hydrated, sleeping amazingly, having really proactive nutrition, sticking to a schedule, prioritizing protein, prioritizing whole foods over a pack of foods, having a great deal of food awareness and having a great level of self-awareness to the point that you have absolutely no weaknesses like Nav does. <laughs> does not have we don't talk about those. <laughs> <laughs> so lastly, ensure your training includes uh, a movement for posture and some sort of resistance training for muscle growth. Um, come down to SMA, join our gym and we can show you all of those things as well. Mystery items. Nav? Yes, yes, yes. Guess what I brought? I brought my phone. He brought his phone. I feel like it's, uh, I don't know. I, the phone is the carrier of what my item is. I'm trying to figure out the best way to share it, but um, it is my vision board. Your vision board. My wallpaper. So You can point it to the camera. Here, I don't know if yeah, you can see that. but Hold it in front of your face so the see that. Yeah, there you go. And then push your hand forward. He just gets okay, it straight okay, away. Okay, I see what's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah perfect. Yeah, exactly. So... That is my vision board. Um, it, it doesn't have to be specific to your phone. It could also be something that you have on like mm -hmm. Trello. I have my own Trello one. Yeah, yeah. Even a vision board that you put up in your office or in your bedroom yeah. or in your bathroom. Yeah. But the purpose of that is to guide yourself towards a, a, a purpose and a vision that you can achieve greater yeah. Uh, you, you can have greater success. It's like, mm. you, you know, the secret or manifestation or visualization or you've got to see it, believe it before you achieve it. Yeah. Um, and, and the reality is that there's a big level of truth to that in that you're going to most likely achieve the result that you're placing your focus on, right? Like if you're trying to aim for a specific target, you need to you need to be aiming for a target for you to hit that target, most likely, right? Yeah. Like there is an opportunity or possibility that you might hit the target you, you want to hit unconsciously by literally just somehow your gun shoots off and then you hit that target. There mm -hmm. is a level of luck and possibility in life that I think needs to be accepted. But in most cases, that isn't how life is. There is mm -hmm. the importance of visualization, knowing what you're aiming at for you to hit that target, um, for you to sharpen the right tools, for you to choose the right tools for you to actually get that result. So that's why my mystery item is my vision board because uh, same thing with body composition, you need to have the awareness of what you're trying to achieve with yeah, your body. Definitely. I love, I love the fact that focusing on vision 
uh, and moving forward what you want. Otherwise, if you're focusing on the things that you don't want, that's really what we can see. And a lot of people get buried by their own problems. Mm. You want to say you can obviously see what my mystery item is. I actually is. haven't. No. You see what's? You, do you see me carrying it in? Uh, yes, I did actually. Yeah, I was wondering what the hell that was for. It's <laughs> <laughs> my fucking mystery card. It was so random. What that makes what perfect I, sense. What else Bro, I won't even lie. The whole entire podcast, I was like, oh, what the fuck is that there for? Oh, wow, wow. <laughs> two and two. This is my mystery item. So I have to look at the camera. This, whoopsies, just broke it, just smashed it. <laughs> this is my mystery. Oh, sorry, there's a microphone. This is my mystery item. I don't want to take it out of the packaging, but it's just a giant mirror. It's actually, I had to think outside the box because I wanted to bring something in. And luckily we have a spare mirror in the gym. Yeah. But the mirror has a variety of points to it. So obviously we talked about looking um, looking in the mirror physically and getting to look at your image and et cetera, et cetera. And that's what people usually think of when they see a mirror. But really what I'm getting at here is, yes, that's part of it but it's more so understanding your reflection of yourself. And it's more, I'm pointing the finger more at having the self-awareness and a mirror can be a mirror in order for you to see what's, you know, what you like and dislike about you. But a mirror could be in my case, like my business partner where I talk to Nav and I communicate to him about how I feel about myself, what I'm going through. And then he acts as a mirror in able in, in by being able to give me his feedback. And what does he notice about the tone and the specific words that I use that I might not be aware of. And by having these kind of conversations, it's helping me expand my self-awareness so that I can understand why I was so attached to my six pack for so, for example, or why I was so scared of um, not taking a leap of faith to do X, Y, Z, or the things that we get really attached to. Sometimes we're so attached to them. We can't see why we're attached to them. And so it takes someone from outside of our focal range, i.e. a mirror or a person to help us gain that fundamental understanding of ourselves. And that's what we're doing here. Body composition is about changing the, how your body is, which is yes, how you look, but there is an element you have to leave behind the person that you are now because the person you are now is is taking actions and having habits that are not conducive to your body composition goals. And so I'm really using this mirror as a metaphor to point the finger at um, your, uh, your self-awareness as a really key component about your personal growth. Beautiful. There's my, there's my Zen wisdom. Thank you, you, Guru. Guru Jush. Guru Jush. Guru Jush, yeah. <laughs> Sleep more. <laughs> if anyone's wondering, I slept three hours last night because I ran a midnight. Uh, I just ran in. I ran for six hours last night supporting another guy who's doing an ultra marathon for charity. That's why I didn't sleep. So just had to throw that in there because all the jokes about sleep and I wanted to talk about my feet of thing this morning. So um, recommended resources, Nav, for the listeners. What have you got here, Nav? So I've, I've placed two here. The first one being Paul Check's book, How to Eat, Move and Be Healthy. Mm-hmm. Shared that one because it's a very holistic approach to nutrition and way of yeah. life and looking yeah. at food from a place of nourishment and well-being. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that suits most of our audience. And if you have that sort of mindset when it comes to your food and your movement and health, Uh, That's a great foundation for you to then progress into whether you want to go any further, but most people don't need to or want to. Um, The other one is Tim Ferriss. Very similar, his four-hour body book. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just a real basic understanding of what's happening within our chemistry, our metabolism, our hormones, our body, our nutrition, our brains, and how to capitalize on that to the point that you only have to train four hours a week and get the result you want. Yeah. 
which is great. Yep, very good. We've also got Matt Walker's Sleep TED Talk and the SMA Podcast Nutrition Series, as well as probably the Stress Series as well. But these are uh, just podcasts and episodes that really help you get more clearer on um, your sleep and your stress uh, pillars because they're so influential as well. If you're someone who struggles with internal dialogue, uh, one of my personal favorite um, therapists, her name is Marissa Peer. She has worked with A-list celebrities and royal family as such, and she is uh, a lady who is just really lovely to listen to, and she makes me feel real good about myself, but she helps you gain awareness on what language you're using that may be destructive to your psychology. So uh, she has a podcast interview on London Real, or she's also recently been on The Diary of a CEO with Stephen Bartlett as well. Mm. And the last one I wanted to quote was Dr. Anna Lemke, and her book is called Dopamine Nation, which is the book that we recently um, quoted in by recently like 15 minutes ago <laughs> that's how recently ago it was there we go so thank you very much for listening friends and family and listeners and followers of the sma uh, strength and motion academy podcast the strength and motion show thanks to everyone who's an awesome bunch of members and thanks for being a fantastic bunch of It should be bumper clots. All right. Our parting. Do you want to say anything before you go? No, no. Apart from you just love love and happiness. Yeah. Yeah, I hate everyone love and happiness. (laughs) As you say, love and have a lot. We hate you. No, we're kidding. We love all your listeners. So um, we're going to go with purple sound as our sign off mystery sound. Thank you very much for listening. Health and happiness. Peace and much love. Much love. She's so proud of herself for that one too. You can hear it. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) See you, everybody. Bye.